The Islanders pare down their roster and make their first cuts of the preseason. We discuss that and update you on the groups in training camp, the future of the NHL salary cap, and we answer some of your emails. All this and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sartre tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. The first cuts of the preseason have been made, and we've got it all for you here. But if there's something else Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on a future show, feel free to email us. The email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings from trade rumors, training camp cutdowns, preseason action, you name it. If it's happening to your New York Islanders, we will have it here on Locked On Islanders. And remember, we have a new live show every day, Monday through Friday. So uh, make sure you join us for that. We're on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So yes, The Islanders, Thursday, making the first cuts of the preseason and 15 players uh, assigned to the Bridgeport Islanders training camp and then one player returned to his junior team. So let's talk about that. The Bridgeport Islanders training camp got goalie Henrik Tikkanen, forwards Colin Adams, Eric Brown, Blade Jenkins, Jeff Kubiak, uh, Dalen Kufler, Jimmy Lambert, Kyle McLaren, Matthew Maggio, Reese Newkirk, Chris Terry. Those are all uh, forwards who are heading to Bridgeport's camp. And then defensemen Trevor Cosgrove, Ryan McKinnon, Connor McCarthy, and Vincent Sevigny, also Bridgeport bound. Now, goaltender Tristan Lennox, has been returned to the Saginaw Spirit of the OHL. That's his junior team. So 
we have that move to report as well. So 16 players who were with the Islanders in training camp already headed either to the uh, minor league training camp or, in one case, to their junior team. So now with those players gone, the Islanders, after taking Wednesday off, resumed practice on Thursday. A little bit of good news. Let's start with that. For the first time, Thursday, the Islanders actually practice special teams. Lane Lambert getting his players out there to practice his power play, penalty kill. <clears throat> Quite honestly, I think that's overdue why they waited this long. I'm sure there was a reason, but it's a little confusing to me. And as for the cuts, I can't say there is one surprise among them. You kind of expected those players to be among the first players to go. None of them were expected to make the Islanders' actual roster to start the season. And, you know, it, it just made sense. You see what they could do, you give them a taste, and then you assign them to the AHL camp. Meanwhile, the Islanders, instead of breaking into three groups, as they did before the latest cuts, they broke into two groups. And here are the groups as they existed. Group one, the forwards were Cole Bardro, Matthew Barzal, Anthony Bevilier, Hudson Fashing, Simon Holmstrom, Ruslan uh, Iskov, Ross Johnston, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Otto Koivula, who was back skating for the first time in training camp this year. He had an undisclosed injury, so it was good to get Koivula back on the ice. Kyle Palmieri and Zach Parise. Yes, this the order is alphabetical, so it doesn't mean anything more than that. The defensemen in Group 1, Noah Dobson, Seth Helgeson, Paul Ledoux, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak, Alexander Romanov. The telling thing about those defensive groups, you got guys who are expected to be paired together in that group, Pelik and Pulak expected to be your top defense pairing. Romanov and Dobson, your second defense pairing. So there's logic there, and it gives you an idea of how they're thinking as far as who's going to be paired with who. The two goalies in Group 1, Corey Schneider and Semyon Varlamov. Again, we stick with the alphabetical lists here. Group 2, the forwards, Andy Andreoff. Josh Bailey, Kiefer Bellows, Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck, William DeFour, Arno Durando, Matt Martin, J.G. Pajot, Atu Ratu, uh, Nikita Sashnikov, and Oliver Wallstrom. And then on <clears throat> defense, Dennis Chalowski, Grant Hutton, Scotty Mayfield, Robin Sallow, Parker Wotherspoon with Jakob Skarik and Ilya Sorokin being the goaltenders. Again, defense-wise, the two leaders for the the sixth spot at this point are Chalowski and Salo, with Salo being in the lead. By the way, Sebastian Ajo, uh, unavailable. He's going to be evaluated, and there'll be an update on his status sometime Friday, today. So we are waiting to hear about that. So most likely, Ajo would have been part of Group 2. 
but he did not skate yesterday because of an unknown, probably, injury. Could be something else, but we'll let you know as soon as we know. So Mayfield, you know, anyone who's going to try to be on that third pair as the sixth defenseman. And I guess Wotherspoon played well. Salo was the leader in that. Chalowski, Aho would have been in that group. Rand Hutton, that's in the group two defenseman. You also see all three members of the identity line here. Sezikis, Martin, Clutterbuck, all right there uh, in group two. And, you know, again, good to see guys like Bellows and Wallstrom and... Uh, Ratu and Dufour out there together as well. So that's where we're at at training camp as the Islanders make their first cuts. We gave you an injury update as well. So good to see that. We've got more to get to on today's show, including an important update on the future of the NHL salary cap. Plus, we answer more of your emails. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you could find. And as always... Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing and golf, and of course, preseason NHL, NHL futures, all available right now. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, let's talk a little bit about the NHL salary cap. A report coming out uh, on Sportsnet up in Canada, Elliot Friedman, Rory Boylan, saying that the NHL salary cap could go up by as much as $10 million by the 2025-2026 season. And that, my friends, is great news for the New York Islanders, a team that has been in... uh, a little bit of a squeeze on the salary cap. In fact, I would say about 20, 21 of the 32 teams in the league are up against the cap. Obviously, COVID having an effect. But, look, the good news is the cap, according to this report by Sportsnet, will go up another million dollars next year, four to four and a half million dollars in 2024-2025, and maybe another four, four and a half million by 2025-2026, which would leave it at $92 million. Why is this big? Well, let's start with the obvious. Matthew Barzal is up for an extension. This is the last year of his contract. If the Islanders have a little more cap room to add Matthew Barzal at, let's say, nine, $9.5, 10000000 million a year for seven or eight years, this added cap, and believe me, after 2025-2026, it'll probably go up even more, but having that extra cap space is only going to benefit both the Islanders and teams around the NHL. You want to talk about the possibility of the Islanders adding a sniper? I would love to see it, but again, you need money 
to be able to do that and having the extra cap space would certainly help the Islanders a lot uh, to make trades, to make long-term uh, moves, and to sign free agents. So good news all the way around that the cap is heading up, and hopefully the Islanders can use that extra cap space that is projected. Remember, it's not official yet. But it, it, it's a good thing that'll help the Islanders and really all NHL teams in the future. Wanted to also uh, talk a little bit about another email. Charlie uh, did not say where he's from, but he basically adds this. I believe our goaltending is rock solid with Sorokin and a healthy Varley. The top six on defense, I believe, uh, I also believe will be fine. I have tremendous faith in Salo and Romanov. Uh, it's time for Lou to pull the trigger on Timo Meyer. The Sharks are in no man's land and must start a rebuild. I propose we trade Wallstrom, Ratu, a 2023 number one, and Bailey for Timo Meyer. Speed and proven scoring must be added to this team. With Barzal, Meyer, Bevilier, and Holmstrom, at least we have enough speed in our lineup to be competitive. Well, Charlie, first of all, thank you for the email. Just to give you an idea, Timo Meyer, 20, almost 26. He'll turn 26 in about a week, a week and a half. So 26 years old, should be entering the prime of his career, coming off a 35-goal, 76-point season a year ago, both career highs. Certainly an asset on the power play, had uh, 12 power play goals a year ago, and, you know, would be a great addition, plays right wing, so you could put Meyer on a line with Matthew Barzal. The problem that I have, Charlie, with your proposal is the price. Ratu, a number one pick, Bailey and Wallstrom is a lot to give up. Even for Timo Meyer, it would also be, I believe, the fourth straight year that the Islanders would not have a first-round draft pick. And while you might be benefiting from that in the short run, over the long haul, you know, you want to have those number one picks. Even a, a GM like uh, Lula Morello, who is known for having uh, the ability to find good players in the second, third, fifth round of the draft, not having a number one pick that many years in a row is problematic. And two, three, five years down the line, it may catch up with this team. If they can pull the trigger and get Timo Meyer, I think it would be a great thing for this team. Meyer's proven commodity. He's got good size at six feet, 210. He's got speed, which obviously the Islanders need. He's not afraid to shoot. He had uh, 326 shots on goal and 573 attempted shots, both of those numbers career highs. He would be a great fit. He's younger. Uh, I would love to get him. I just think the price that you mentioned might be a little bit more than what the Islanders uh, should part with. But you know what? You got to give up something to get something. And Timo Meyer is certainly a player who would solve a lot of issues for the New York Islanders. So let's see what, if anything, Lou Lamorello does 
I think the Sharks might just trade Timo Meyer. If you're the Islanders, you want to make sure you lock up Meyer for, you know, you're not going to just get him on a short-term deal. You want to get him long-term. But if you could bring him in here and he could be happy, boy, could I see Barzal and Meyer being one heck of a one-two punch uh, on the New York Islanders' top line. And, you know, you, you start figuring out the depth where you could get Lee and and uh, Brock Nelson on your second line, and then you fill in players here and there to, to supplement those two duos, boy, oh boy, this could be big, and it's big for the power play. So I, I, I think the price you were willing to give up, Charlie, was a little bit more than I'm comfortable with, but you know what? It also may be what it takes if you want to acquire a star player like T- Timo Meyer, And, you know, if I'm the San Jose Sharks, I'm in no hurry to deal Meyer, but I would love to continue my rebuild and maybe what the Islanders put forth in your package would be something that the Sharks would be interested in. Uh, we'll see, but right now, uh, you know, I would like to think that Lou Lamorello is not done adding to this team. And and again, I think he will make a move by the trade deadline if the Islanders find themselves roughly in contention for a playoff spot. And it would be huge, you know, to get Lane Lambert that kind of a weapon this soon uh, in his coaching career would absolutely positively be huge for uh, the New York Islanders for a heck of a lot of reasons. So uh, we'll see how this plays out, but thank you for the email, Charlie. I I always appreciate it. Uh, Charlie also mentions that he's higher on William Dufour than any other prospect the Islanders have. I'll tell you something. uh, I wouldn't mind that. I think Dufour has potential. The key for Dufour getting that skating improved just a little bit and maybe getting his shot off a little bit quicker than he has up until this point. But I like his potential as well, and we'll see how that plays out as well. We have got more to get to on today's show. We have got our Islanders' birthday of the day, a former Providence College star who was with the Islanders in the early to mid-2000s. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got that and more, including some final thoughts about the Islanders' upcoming preseason game against the Flyers at UBS Arena. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And today is the 38th birthday of former Islanders winger Colin McDonald. McDonald originally a second-round draft pick of the Edmonton Oilers back in 2003, spent four productive years at Providence College, made his NHL debut in 2009-2010, scoring his first NHL goal in just two games with the Oilers. That was then on to the Penguins for five games in 2011-2012 before joining the Islanders the following year, Spent three seasons with the Islanders, his most productive year, 2013-2014. Eight goals, 18 points in 70 games. 
Later played for the Flyers before finishing out his career in the minor leagues. Was with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers in 2019-2020. That was his last pro stop. Uh, so he only played in 148 career NHL games, 20 goals, 46 points, 73 penalty minutes. Also played in 11 playoff games, eight of those with the Islanders. And he scored twice, had three points, all of those points also coming with the New York Islanders. He's a native of Wethersfield, Connecticut. So, you know, from the uh, tri-state area. And McDonald, never a flashy player, never a goal scorer at the NHL level, but always a reliable kind of a forward who really could, uh, you know, dig in the corners and get the job done and be sound defensively. A bottom six forward, but a productive one. Uh, a good two-way hockey player for the Islanders during his tenure with the team. We go back and look at one of Colin McDonald's better games as an Islander. We take you to the Wells Fargo Center on March 28, 2013. Islanders visiting the Flyers. Evgeny Nabokov in goal for the Isles. Ilya Brizgalov for the Flyers. And it was Philadelphia getting on the board first. Lubomir Vishnovsky of the Islanders. Heads off for interference, and Scott Hartnell scores his third goal of the year for Philadelphia. Claude Giroux and Wayne Simmons with the assists at 4-14. Isles quickly down 1-0. Late in the period, Mike Knubel makes it 2-0 Philadelphia. Claude Giroux the only assist. Knubel's third at 17-25. The second period, no goals until the last minute when John Tavares gets the Isles on the board. His 21st. Matt Molson and Mark Streit with the helpers at 19 minutes even. After 40 minutes, the Isles are down by one goal. In the third period, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Colin McDonald takes over. He gets his fifth of the year. Keith O'Coin and Michael Grabner with the assist at 10.04. That ties it at two. Then McDonald strikes again five and a half minutes later. His six, Matt Martin and Casey Sezikis with the assist at 15.37. Isles up by a 3-2 to two margin, but Franz Nielsen takes a delay of game penalty for a face-off violation. Islanders are shorthanded in the closing seconds of the game, and Scott Hartnell gets his fourth of the year, second of the game. Wayne Simmons and Matt Reed with the assist at 19.30. We go to overtime. Islanders... Can't convert, neither can the Flyers, and we go to a shootout. In the second round of the shootout, Claude Giroux scores for Philadelphia, but Brad Boys answers for the Islanders. And then the shootout continues until the fourth round when Nabokov stops Wayne Simmons and Josh Bailey beats Brizgalov to get the game winner in the shootout. Isles edge the Flyers a 4-3 road win. Nabokov with 33 saves to get the victory. Both teams with 36 shots on goal in this one. But for Colin McDonald, our Islanders' birthday of the day, two goals in this game. He was a plus one. He had five penalty minutes and four shots on goal in 15 minutes and 43 seconds of ice time. He dropped the gloves with Scott Hartnell in the first period. The only thing that kept Colin McDonald from a Gordie Howe hat trick in this game was the lack of an assist. So again, happy 38th birthday to Colin McDonald. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Islanders 
heading back to the UBS Arena for their first home preseason game of the year, their third of what will be six uh, preseason games. The Philadelphia Flyers are the visitors. It should be a good matchup between these two teams, uh, division rivals, and the Flyers are in rebuilding mode. So with less players on the roster, I think we'll see more of the regulars and maybe a few of those players fighting for that sixth defense spot and for the final spots on the roster. I think we'll also get a better idea overall of some of the line combinations that Lane Lambert is considering for the upcoming season. And we will, of course, give you a full recap of that game and key takeaways from it, good, bad, and otherwise, on Monday's show. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Can you believe this weekend starts October? That means we are less than two weeks away from the start of the NHL season, and I cannot wait. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.